You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen with my co-host Steve Splanskowski. And we are pleased to have you with us this morning. And thank you for sticking with us for this second uh, interview. We have on the line here today Marcy Stokeman. And she is going to be part of our Trusted Sister Redeemed Women's Conference um, in March. So we want to hear a little bit about Marcy and what she's going to bring to that conference. Good morning, Marcy. Hi. Good to be with you. <laughs> you bet. Uh, I don't know if you know, I, this is Roxanne. We just had an interview not too long ago for the forum, so it's nice to be speaking with you again on radio. Oh, thank you, Roxanne. You too. Yeah. So um, why don't you start this morning by just telling us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we can go from there. Okay. I am, uh, well, founder and president of Walred Mom, and I'm a mother of and uh, wife to my husband, Pete, and I've been married 35 years. We have seven children and 13 grandchildren. I know quite a few people who are um, involved in well-read mom groups in the Fargo area, and I'm assuming as well in other areas of our listening area as well. So, But some might be unaware. So that's kind of your ministry, um, well-read mom, bringing moms together, women together uh, to... Well, why don't you share a little bit about your ministry, and also, I'm interested in how it started. Okay. Yes, thanks, Roxanne. Well, it it really started so simply. Uh, My daughter, Beth, was a new mom, and one day she called me up on the phone, and she said, Mom, I'm, I'm not going back to those mother's groups. I've been there three times, and all they're talking about is their kids or what kind of diaper to buy. And... She had this question, isn't there a place after college where women get together and, you know, talk about the real questions of life? And I just, I heard this cry of loneliness in her voice, and it reminded me when I was a new mom 35 years ago, and I was extremely lonely and kind of shocked by the loneliness. Uh, I needed to be with other women, and it's, it's a cultural problem now, loneliness. And at, at that time, when Beth called me, I was giving some talks uh, where I live, which is in northern Minnesota, to women, mothers of preschoolers. And for some reason, I just titled this little series of talks, Well-Read Mom. <laughs> I just wanted to see what women were reading, and I would leave these talks sad because most women either weren't reading or they had no idea where to start. And the number one reason was, I don't have time. So I felt like what I was doing with these little talks was just really making women feel more guilty. Like, here's one more thing that's failing at. And then also I recognized I was struggling to actually read quality literature in my own life. So when Beth called me that day, her desire for a place to meet with women in a meaningful way merged with my desire to read more and read well. And that's how well the mom started. We just decided to read good books together that that line that you mentioned the cry of loneliness i think that's someone something that anyone no matter whether they're a mom or a woman or a man or that's something we all experience right i mean we we can go through periods of of loneliness and disconnect i mean i think that's that's the thing that christ came to solve 
And so that's, that's a beautiful beginning point for a ministry. So tell us a little bit about how things developed from there. Well, you're right, Roxanne. I mean, in our culture, loneliness is pervasive. And I was just reading a study, a 2019 study, that 61% of Americans reported significant loneliness. And so you're right, in the body of Christ, we're meant to be together. We're meant to live in community. And with technology, we're constantly connected. But surprisingly, that makes us more isolated. You know, we really need to be together in little groups, real friendships, real, locally, little communities locally, and have conversation, not texting. We need real conversation. And, and this is how we grow as in, in friendship and grow intellectually and in our capacity, I think, to love growth. You know, you mentioned, uh, Marcy, Steve here, that's a, uh... You talk about when you were giving this talk, you felt like you were just kind of giving a guilt trip to your sisters and, and just one more thing for them to do. Uh, is that, can you, as, as we have you know, a lot of uh, mothers listening right now, uh, what did you, you know, in your own life, how, what did you take from that? How did you go back and say, and, and how do you now approach that so that it's not a, uh, that guilt trip, but, uh, but, a, but a encouragement? Is there, you know, how, how do you approach that differently? Well, I, I think women are hard on themselves, and we're, we're always measuring ourselves and saying how we're failing. Well, in Walrid's Mom, like, no one fails because there's only one rule, and it's if you don't get the book read, don't apologize. Because you never know. You might just have had a baby, or you're caring for aging parents, or this isn't about, this is saying, hey, come, come along, join in, and be in this environment where women are having meaningful conversation, because literature provides a springboard for that. It's about something. And you just find yourself um, able to enter into conversation with other people in any way. I had a mom uh, come up to me. She said, I've been in Well-Read Mom one year. And I said, well, what have you noticed? You know, has anything changed in your life? And she said, yeah, my relationship with my teenage daughter has been really strained. And since I started this, it's improving. We're able to talk. And I said, oh, wow, which book helped you? And she said, no, it wasn't any one particular book. It was just this habit of reading these kind of books that widened my perspective and helped me see the life from a different vantage point, what she might be going through. And she said it's really helped us enter into dialogue. So... Uh, I forgot your question, Steve. I think I no. You responded to it. No, you responded <laughs> again. It was just okay. kind of the other question was going back and how do we not guilt one another? And I think you make oh, a great point. Yeah, I think you make a great point. You know, uh, I always like to go back to the story where uh, the Lord, you know, Moses was in the desert with the with the Egypt, with the, the Egyptian chariots coming behind him, and he cries out to the Lord. Uh, you know, and he cries out to the Lord, and the Lord says, "Why are you crying out to me? Keep moving forward." Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and this morning we've been talking. Uh, a kind of about it, but the sense of we don't have to be perfect before we move forward. You know, the Lord died for us in, in, in on the cross, yet when we were sinners. And I really think that perfectionism kills. I think perfectionism binds us. You know, this, there's a phrase out there that's often used, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. That is actually a, a bad translation of G.K. Chesterton's phrase that is actually, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing poorly. <laughs> 
because otherwise <laughs> we sit and is. wait until we get it perfect to do anything. And, and so that kind of is that. How, how do you see that working in, in you know, young mother's lives? Like, well, I, I can't do it. If I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. Right? That just kind of stops us from moving forward, don't you think? Right. We, we have to change the story we're telling ourselves because we often tell ourselves a story that we're, we're failing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not making the healthy meals I want to. My kids, I want them to be better behaved. Uh, why is it I can't keep all these plates spinning perfectly? And then we're hard on ourselves. But what, what we need to change the story to is a true story, a true story of, as Christian women in the body of Christ. And we, we have to talk to ourselves about what's really going on in our homes. Life is lived here. Um, we're learning to forgive each other here. We're learning to live Sundays in a special way here. We welcome children here. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a different mentality we need to cultivate. We're not doing... I mean, I, I don't know anyone's situation, but a lot of times when we think we're failing, we're not doing anything wrong. In fact, we might be doing everything right. Uh, so uh, it's changing the story we tell ourselves. You know, when it, we had a guest last hour, a couple guests that talked about a new ministry coming here that's called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, where they're getting together. And, and But he, but our, one of our guests said it's not about the dinner. <laughs> it's about unity and coming together and sharing a meal together and, and building the body of Christ. And I, I, I think I'm hearing the same thing in, in your story here that, yes, you read books together. Yes, they're edifying and, and feed the, the soul and the mind. But it's not about the book, right? Kind of the, a similar idea that there's something beyond that that's happening. You're right. It's, it's about the books, but it's not about the books. It's about uh, reminding each other that we're, we're part of, uh, our lives are part of a bigger story. You know, we're reading about stories and these characters, we see their story, but then we're awakened to our own story. And then with the women, when we get together in our little groups, if, if we forget we're, we're pilgrims, on a journey. We forget we have a destination, and so we end up living lives of more distraction um, than, than it doesn't help us. We need to be intentional to live every day growing closer to the Lord, you know, and, I, and so I think we help wake each other up to what we're doing here, what our purpose is. Absolutely. We're talking with Marcy Stokeman. She is a uh, founder of uh, a ministry called Well Read Mom, and she is going to be with us in March, um, beginning of March 4th and 5th. The diocese is putting on a conference, Trusted Sister. Um, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that, but maybe we could start real quick. What, what, what do you think of that title, Trusted Sister, real briefly? I think it's a fantastic title, and it fits with what we've just been talking about. And Pope Francis recently called this the Year of the Family. And so part of understanding the year of the family is understanding the body of Christ, that, that we are a family in the body of Christ. And so I think we're called this year to move to a deeper deeper understanding of what it is to be sisters. Absolutely. Well, we will talk more with Marcy on the other side of the break. Stay tuned for more Real Presence Live. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen with my co-host... Steve Sponskowski. And we're here with Marcy Stokeman, who is going to be joining us here in Fargo in March, early March, for the Trusted Sister Redeemed Women's Conference, which... We've tried doing a couple times, and it's been canceled, so we're calling this the Take 3. But it is going to happen, and we're excited, and Marcy's going to be one of our guest speakers. She's also the founder of Well-Read Mom, which is a, a, a group designed to bring women together and to, to study, to not study necessarily, just to read, just to read books. I, I am such a reader, but I have to admit, Marcy, I've gotten a, kind of gotten away I read my little articles on my phone and then I like go to sleep. You know, it's, it's a, there's something, uh, it takes more energy to open a book. And yet when you do, there's just something so beautiful about it. And I hunger for that. So help, help me <laughs> re-enter that realm. And, and why is it so important to actually pick up a book? In years we've moved from a print-based culture to a digital-based culture. And this has happened in just 10 years. So it, it, that's a very short period of time for a major transition in the way we read. So there's two modes of reading now, digital and print. And we have to maintain our ability to read some print. I really believe that uh, the monks, in, after the fall of Rome, they were able to copy the great books and keep them 
um, you know, save them, that treasure. But today in our culture, it's not a matter of that we have plenty of these books on shelves and libraries and online. But in order to preserve this, we need to read these books. And reading from print helps us maintain the ability to read deeply. And certain, certain cognitive processes happen when we read deeply. You know, we learn to analyze and infer and contemplate and kind of grow in that space for, to even have an interior life. It, it complements, you know, reading Scripture and, and meditating on Scripture. If we read literature, uh, we, we grow in so many things in, our, in these cognitive processes. And, and, you know, it's frightening because if we don't use this particular brain circuitry that's been formed by deep reading, we can lose it. So if, if you find it's harder to pay attention when you read a book now, it's it's probably a sign to really take this seriously. And a lot of young people, a lot of young our children might never develop um, these processes mm-hmm. if, if they're just reading digitally. It's kind of frightening. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a downer here, but no. it's really something we need to alert ourselves to uh, and read from print. We at the beginning of the show, what, Steve offered a prayer and just was very methodical and just... It was very uh, a nice pace, a nice slow pace, and I, I really it settled my heart. And I feel like that's kind of what a book does in a way that you don't you don't get it the same way when you're reading um, off a digital screen. And so, um, I'm curious how you sort through which books to offer. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a process that you go through. How do you how do you choose the books for this ministry? Oh yeah, that's that's been actually not the easiest part. It's it's we wrestle with it. But what the 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 way it started was when I Beth and I decided to do this together. I said, you know, I'll I'll put the book list together. Let's do a five year plan. And I came home and I took all the books off my bookshelves that I thought women would be interested in, and I piled them on the rug in different piles. And I thought, wow, I, I took 150 books off my shelf, and they're on my rug. And I'm trying to think how we can read these. And I thought, do we read them chronologically? You know, do we start with the great epics of Greece and Rome and read Homer's Iliad and Odyssey and Virgil's Aeneid and St. Augustine's Confessions? And then I thought, gee, I, I kind of... I don't want to be in this book club. You know, it sounds like too, it sounds good, and we do read those books, but that wasn't the right way to order them. And so one day I was reading Pope John Paul's Letter to Women, and he was thanking women in their various capacities. Thank you, women who are mothers. Thank you, women who are sisters, and women who are daughters. Thank you, women who work. And and as, as he was thanking women, I thought, that's how we can order uh, our reading. We'll order them in, you know, we'll order it in relationship to a woman's life. Women are daughters. Women are spouses. Women are uh, teachers and workers and sisters and friends. So we, we loosely categorize the literature by those things. So this year, we're reading Year of the Family. Mm-hmm. And and so books that have to do with family life. So, yeah, mm. that's how they're open. Very appropriately timed. You know, I think yeah. it's, a, Marcy, you bring up a great point. I, I read recently that uh, you can, 
reading a book is one way, but another way to even more uh, take more in is to read that book out loud because then you're reading it and then you're hearing yourself reading it. So you're not only using your eyes and your mind, but you're also using your ears. So it's kind of like reading the book twice. Um, And then even in our family, reading the book aloud to our children and having our children read a book aloud to the family. That's something my wife really likes to do um, on a regular basis. And so just that, what I, what I love about reading books is it teaches us, you know, really how to write. Because when you read other people's, you know, their books, then you actually find yourself kind of modeling your writing on there. You mm-hmm. also learn language. You learn how to spell. I mean, all these things, they all go together. It's not just like, well, I'm reading because reading's good. Reading actually develops a whole lot of things as well as this listening. And so it's, I just think it's a great, it's a great tool. Uh, for raising our children. It's a great tool for continuing uh, our cognitive development, as you said. And uh, I just, uh, yeah, I'm a very a big fan of that. So I, and I know that uh, the other piece of that, I think, for my own wife, my wife is leading a, a, reads a, leads a book club as well. You know, just that time for women to stop, as you mentioned, Jeanette, or Roxanne, slow down, you know, and just sit down with a quiet book and read. You know, there's that quiet time, it quiets the soul, it quiets the heart, and, and makes us open to the Lord. And so, uh, you know, I, I guess I want to say kudos for uh, really focusing on this and, and inviting mothers, you know, kind of saying, it's okay. You can stop doing laundry for a little while and read a book. You don't have to feel guilty, right? Right, right. Yes, that's, that's great. And we, we do feel guilty. I think in our culture, we, 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 we have such an efficiency, utilitarian mindset that we feel like reading a novel is a waste of time. But everyone knows they want their kids to read. You know, we don't, no one doubts that. We know reading is good for our, our children. And if you want to raise a reader, like you mentioned, Steve, reading out loud to them is the number one way to re- raise a reader. But super close behind it in the statistics is just parents who read in the home. So when you're sitting down reading a novel and you think, wow, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. You might be doing some of the best parenting by sitting there quietly modeling um, this reflective way of living. You know, books are read in our home. Um, when my kids come home from college, or they, they, they pick up these books, and, and I think it's just a, it's, a, it's a signal to them, I can relax. This is what we do in our house. We, it's okay to pick up a book and sit down and read. So you're modeling, you're doing something good for your kids. You just sparked a memory for me. My dad was a huge reader and an English teacher as well. Um, but I remember one time I, I, was, I was an adventurer and I you know, wanted to travel. And he's like, you don't really have to travel when you read because you're going on these adventures. You know? And I think there's a balance there where it's fun to go places too. But I think it was an important point to make too that when we're reading, we're going into new worlds and, and, and adventures and, and, you know, there's, there's that whole thing too. So, um, and we're on a, a great adventure in our Christian journey and that's what the Bible is too, is, is a, a our journey with the Lord. So, um, books are good. Yes. And, and, and I, I was blessed to have that example as well. And I know my kids, when my youngest one just recently reminded me of when I used to read to him before nap time and, you know, they have those memories and it's a relationship too, back to the relationship. 
of um, mm-hmm. drawing close to our, our children. I do want to direct people who are interested in um, hearing from you in person. It'll be fun for, to see you in Fargo. Uh, if you go to the fargodiocese.net and go to the events um, tab, you will find the uh, Redeemed Women's Conference registration and all of the list of all of the speakers that we're going to have um, March 4th through 5th. It's, it's going to be a, a nice time right before Lent where we can kind of uh, gather together and and commune with one another. And so, um, and Marcy, I think you had something you wanted to mention as a little uh, promo for for those oh, who register. Right. If if anyone is interested in in registering for Wild Red Mom, we have a little special going on right now. If you register by the end of January for Year of the Family, you'll receive all the materials as well as a free copy of my book. So that goes till the end of January. Okay, so that'll be the Well-Read Mom website. Is What is that, right. that website? Um, just wellreadmom. Wellreadmom.com. Okay, so we got that, and then we have the fargodiocese.net for the uh, conference. So, um, Can you give us a little tease, Marcy, of some of the topics, just kind of the main headers of, uh, of some of the uh, sharings uh, that you'll be talking about? Oh, I, I'm excited to come to Fargo. I, I've spoken in Fargo before, and I thought, these are my kind of women. I, I just loved it. And I, I'm going to talk about sisters, we need each other. So I want to go deeper into understanding uh, being sisters in the body of Christ and and talk about some real stories uh, where there's been forgiveness. And I want to talk about the saints and Martha and Mary a little bit. So I'm excited. And also, also reading literature and how we can gain sisters uh, that way as well. What are some of your favorite either saints who are who showed that sisterly love um, and inspired you, or a, a favorite book that demonstrated that? Hmm. Well, I I think about um, I read Dorothy Day's autobiography, The Long Loneliness, and in there she talks about a woman that impacted her when she was a little girl, and her name was Mrs. Barrett. And this little story, it's such a little thing. It's just Mrs. Barrett finishing her dishes at the sink, and she stops and she's kneeling down to say the prayers in her little apartment, and Dorothy Day walks in and asks to ask if her daughter can play, and she's like, no, she, she's outside already. You know, just this little incident. But that incident where Dorothy Day sees Mrs. Barrett on her knees sparks in her this great desire. And and she would go on to say that seeing Mrs. Barrett on her knees would remain with her the rest of her life, and it was part of her conversion. So all of a sudden I'm reading this, and I want to be like Mrs. Barrett, you know, these hidden ways that we can be faithful. And they they can impact some, someone. And over 100 years later, that story impacts us today, mm. you know. So Beautiful. There's power in story. Absolutely. Well, we're looking forward and to so having we'll you talk here. talk about that. Yeah. Great, Roxanne. I can't wait. I know. It'll be great to see you, Marcy. So uh, take care, and, and um, we're look, looking forward to that. So uh, All up, right. up next, there's a battle raging around us, and we'll be discussing one opportunity for men to be equipped with the tools to face this battle. So stay with us on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, 
and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.